how do busy writers manage all they do and still enjoy life? Well, that's the million-dollar question, isn't it? Today's guest is providing productivity tools. Say it again. Today's guest is providing productivity tools every writer needs to know about. So stick around. Your best writing life begins right now. Welcome to Your Best Writing Life, an extension of the Blue Ridge Mountains Christian Writers Conference held in the beautiful Blue Ridge Mountains of North Carolina. I'm your host, Linda Goldfarb. Each week, I bring tips and strategies from writing and publishing industry experts to help you excel in your craft. Oh, I am so very glad that you're listening in today. During this episode, you'll learn which productivity tool for writers will work the best for you. My industry expert is Bob Hostetler. Bob is an award-winning author, game writer, international speaker, and literary agent with the Steve Lobby Agency. His 50 books include Don't Check Your Brains at the Door, co-authored with Josh McDowell, and The Bard and the Bible, a Shakespeare devotional. He is also the executive director of the Christian Writers Institute. Bob Hostetler, welcome to Your Best Writing Life. Thank you. It's all my pleasure. It's always fun to talk to you. Well, it is great to have you here. We're going to jump right into our content for today, Bob. We're going to be talking about productivity tools for writers, what you have found that works for you. This is what's amazing is you work full-time as a writer of Christian mobile games for kids, which is, wow, this is fascinating to me. And that's through trueplaygames.com. And you manage to write books blog posts, and articles, as well as represent writers as a literary agent. So I I don't know, are you like quadruplets or what? How, how do you do it all? Well, I uh, number one is I live in fear of missing deadlines. That's, that's the biggest skill I have is I, I live a life of fear. Seriously, you know, I can only do it by I'm a, I'm an OCD planner. I have to plan things ahead, you know, so I schedule myself very carefully. I, uh, every Sunday evening, I, I plan my week and, and I have certain days on which I write certain things. You know, uh, the, the agency blog post is on Thursdays, the, et cetera, et cetera. But really, the more tasks I take on, the more roles I have to fill, the more I plan because I don't want to be caught behind. You know, I don't want to lose track of anything. And so I make every effort to front load tasks. I probably the biggest thing that I do is I work well ahead. You know, I I don't give myself the chance to come up against a deadline. I try to I try to beat every deadline, whether it's my own or someone else's. I try to beat it by days, by weeks, even by months. And so if I sign, for example, if I sign a contract to write a 1500 word article and it's due in two weeks, I put the deadline in my calendar for one week, you know, and I try to fool myself. I also divide it into incremental tasks. So first draft, second draft, proofread, edit, etc. And send that happy day when I send. 
Uh, and I put those things out on my to-do list. I use a bullet journal. I don't know if you've heard of that, but there is a book called The Bullet Journal that I recommend. For me, I find that using a bullet journal rather than, I also do use the Automated Things app. There's there's many you know, to-do list apps. One is called Todoist, I think. But, um, but I supplement that with my bullet journal because I find if I have to carry something over into the next day or the next week, that increases my attention. You know, I'm, I'm less likely to forget it or neglect it if I have to write it down again and then again and then again. And so I, I create that self-imposed sense of importance and urgency by, by doing a, a physical manual uh, bullet list. I also, I try to write, you know, I have several blogs that I contribute to or that I host. And I, so I try to write posts, you know, weeks ahead of time and, and have those in the queue ready to go so that I'm never sweating a last minute deadline. That's one of the things I do. I, I use automated alarms and reminders. You know, the nice thing about smartphones now is you really have no excuse anymore to forget something because you can put a reminder in that. Um, Even, you know, it takes an extra five seconds or so when you put a calendar event in to make it remind you five minutes before, a day before, whatever. But I do that out the wazoo. I do that a lot. I also use this thing called a bring up file. Some people call it, time management experts call it a tickler file. But it's I have I have twelve file folders here in my desk drawer, one labeled for each month of the year, and thirty-one file folders labeled for one to thirty-one. So every morning I come to my desk, I pull out my bullet journal, put it on the desk, and then I pull out that morning's date, whatever it may be. So this morning I pulled out today's folder and it it has all kinds of things that, you know, the article I want to write or the birthday card I'm supposed to address or those kind of, or the flight reservations for tomorrow or what have you. And so those are just some of my tools. I use Siri a lot. I'm an Apple user. Hmm. Um, I have to because my son works for Apple, but I use Siri. I tell Siri what to do all day long and sometimes... <laughs> sometimes into the night as well. Um, so, so yeah, so those are some of the things that just kind of keep me on track because as I said, I, I, you know, in, I just signed a contract recently for my 51st book. I have never missed a deadline. And, and so, and the reason is because I plan and schedule myself very carefully day by day and week by week. Right. Well, you mentioned a few of the tools. I really like, I like, I'm kind of tactile myself and I do like to touch paper, even though I love technology as well. Technology is my friend. I'm an Apple user. So everything that's on my iPad is on my uh, MacBook is on my phone. And so it travels with me everywhere I go. I utilize notes and so I have tons of notes that are in this one, this one, this one, this one. But I do like the feel of a daily 
planner as well. And it just kind of, as, as you were talking, I'm like, yeah, I use it to trigger myself. And I don't like to have to write something down again because I want to check off that box. I want to, no, this is done. Boom. We're there. And what do you mean? We didn't get there. No, this is <laughs> certainly, it couldn't have been me. So this is great. And I like your 12 folders, 31 days in each one. Look at you right there. Oh, that's perfect. I really like that. <laughs> that's it. And now yeah. what is the name? What is the name of that particular journal that you have? You know, it's funny because I've used all kinds of blank journals, that sort of thing. But this is, I bought it at Ross, you know, the Ross store, they sell all kinds of stuff, but they have, uh, this was an 18 month and, and it even has Ruth 116 on the cover. And so I like it so much because it, I don't have to, in earlier bullet journals, I had to put in the dates of the month and, you know, draw the the dividing lines between the days right. and all that stuff but but this one has it all ready for me it even has a you know a month planning page that that it has a calendar for the month and has important dates and appointments and birthdays and so, so i just got it at ross so i like it so much i intentionally went to ross a, a week or two ago and bought the one for the next year coming up oh, so that is so good I'm all, I'm all set for 2024. There you go. And it has a spiral binder, which I like that as well. It lies because flat. Because it just, it lies flat. And that one is big. I like that too. That way it gives me yeah. a lot of room to write. So very, very good. All right. Well, you've named a few of the, the tools that you have. What other tools or techniques do you use on a regular basis to stay productive? Give us, give us whatever you've got. Yeah. Well, I, I, um, you know, I do use technology. I, I use a combination of, of old school and, and new, newfangled stuff, you know, like, okay. like the, the physical planner. But, um, so for email, I use, I put rules into my email. So when I get from, uh, an email to a certain, cause I have five email addresses, right. And they all come into my, my, email uh, program, but I have to use rules so that they go into the right, the right um, mailbox or, you know, if the subject matter is a certain thing, if it says submission in it, for example, it goes into a certain folder. So, um, so I have hundreds of folders in my email program so that like I started this morning with an empty inbox, how in the oh, world wow. Is it possible to do that? It, I can only do that with email rules and with those folders along the side that I drag things, you know, uh, into an. You know, I don't have to deal with it now. Drag it into a folder. Um, I also try. I've developed over the years the habit of, you know, the old time management secret was uh, you only handle a piece of paper once, right? right. And so I I try to do that with email as well. I only read an email once. So if I'm not ready to read and respond to that particular email, I drag it into a folder. Mm. I only read it once. So I can tell by the subject line or the, the sender whether I'm ready to deal with this in the moment. So uh, I also use filters in you know um, various 
uh, software things. There's one called the uh, Focus, I think, and so on. Uh, there's one Flux dims my screen in the afternoon and evening, makes it brighter in the mornings. Um, I, I use music to suggest what, whether this is focus time or productivity time or what it might do, you know, so I have different playlists for different moods or different uh, moments, blocks of time that I do. I use, uh, I already mentioned, I use the blog scheduling function and blogger and, and WordPress and so on, but I clip articles and graphics and drag them into folders. My, my uh, computer has uh, literally thousands of folders that are, you know, cascading from it, according to what role it is, according to various things. So, so uh, another example, my desktop is clear. I might have one or two files on the desktop that I'm working on currently that are in process, but everything else is in a folder. So it, I don't have a, I don't have to search through, let's see, where's that document again? I don't have to do that because everything is filed and dealt with very quickly. If I need to follow up on it, I know where it is. So, um, yeah. So it's just, you know, for, it's not everybody's cup of tea. But for me, I find that uh, planning, scheduling, and, and organizing make my life easier. Because I'm really at heart I'm a lazy person you know but plan planning enables me to be lazy I don't have to frantically accomplish all these things because I've planned ahead I know oh see I'm going to do that but I'm going to do it tomorrow and and that that saves me from the frantic urgency of the moment oh and I I respect that I respect that because when we become frantic, when we look and go, wait, this didn't get done, then it really just throws us into a, a kilter. I mean, we're, okay, now I'm not going to focus well. Now I'm not going to have all of my senses about me. I'm already feeling guilty because I didn't do what needed to be done. Well, out of what you've shared with us right now, I'm going to take us to a place where this is someone's first come to Jesus meeting about organization and planning. This is their first time. Now they're listening to you and they're going, okay, you have to set up rules in email. What in the world are rules? And what do you mean you only read an email once and there's filters and there's, you could play music and still accomplish something. All of these that you have, is there a, if someone's starting brand new and you go, okay, if you're going to do two things, have this be the first two things that you do. I know we didn't discuss this, but you're a smart guy. And I, and I figured you're going to be able to share this with us, but what would be the, the first one or first two, or even give me three if they're just starting and they do want to get organized and they don't want to miss deadlines. What do you say to them, Bob? Yeah. Uh, two things come to mind fairly quickly. I'm, I'm really not smart. I'm just being very organized with you. Anyway, uh, one of those things is figure out who, uh, you know, a, a lot of us are frantic because we really don't 
haven't taken the time to figure out who we are, what our what our personality is, what our personal rhythms are. Um, I was pastoring. I was I was a volunteer pastor and full time writer, uh, blogger, et cetera, et cetera, decades, couple decades ago, and and I took a vacation, a week of vacation. And I realized I used to, as a pastor, I would, because I'm not a morning person, I would schedule breakfast meetings to force myself to get out of bed and get in the car and go to the meeting, right? And during that vacation, I found such richness, such peace and, and uh, beauty in mornings that I realized, why am I doing that to myself? I'm... I, I need to be in touch with who I am, what my personal rhythms are. So I came back from that vacation, having enjoyed, you know, lingering over a morning cup of coffee, writing in my prayer journal, reading the newspaper as my morning activities. And I came home from that and I canceled all my breakfast meetings. I said, that's that's not who I am. So first thing I would say is figure out who you are, what your rhythms are. Are you a morning person? Are you a night owl? Do you have certain times when you're at your best, when, you know, the ideas are flowing, right? Uh, so that's number one. Just, and, and be okay with that. You know, we don't all have to be Linda Goldfarb. You know, that, that would be a crazy world, wouldn't it? Uh, <laughs> My word, so, yes. Figure out, figure out who you are. And, and then the second thing, I had it on the tip of my tongue, and now I forget what it was. Oh, yeah. The second thing is um, one of the things that will bite us most often as writers is that we, um, we procrastinate. You know, it's the, the bane of, because especially if you're not under contract currently. So you don't have an outside imposed deadline, but it's so easy to put off the important things you want to be doing, but, uh, but can't, can't really. And we do that for a lot of reasons. Um, but, uh, I've, I've over the years have had to excise procrastination from my life. So my wife teases me because when, when I agree to pray for somebody, I pray that moment. You know, I don't, I don't put it off because I'll forget it. You know, if I, if I agree to an appointment, it's in my calendar today. If I, and so I do, I've, I've learned those little triggers that prevent me from ever procrastinating because that is the bane of a writer's existence. Because if, if you can't, if you allow yourself to procrastinate, you will. So you have to realize, you know, it'll damage your reputation. It'll aggravate your family, your coworkers, et cetera. It's just not worth it. So I think one of the things that is necessary for a productive writer is to learn to conquer procrastination. Those are great. Look at you right off the top of your head, dude. All right. So good. So good. Okay. So I think I heard you mention something about this. Do you set a schedule when it comes to your writing? Is, do you do particular types of writing at particular times? Share, share that with us. Yeah, and this, this partly 
stems from what I said about knowing yourself, about figuring out who you are. So yes, I do. I know that my most productive writing hours are going to be almost always two to five in the afternoon. Those, the, that's just my golden moments, right? And so my mornings are often, that's, that's when I might schedule meetings or research or outlining or answering emails or signing contracts or those kinds of things, right? Busy, desk work, office work, that sort of thing. Because I preserve two to five as writing time, right? And on each day, I know I, I have a certain, you know, I have a column to write on this date each month. I have a blog post on Thursdays. I have different kinds of writing that I schedule for different kinds of days. Usually Mondays are not my best writing days. I know that about myself. So I, if I can get to my current work and pro work and process on a Monday, I will by two o'clock. Um, and I also know that once I get ahead of steam up, five o'clock doesn't have to be quitting time. You know, right. if, if I'm, if I'm going well, I just keep going. And, and, uh, so, so those are things. So, and I learned as a, as a busy pastor slash writer, cause those are, uh, both demanding roles. I learned to, uh, block out time ahead of time. So, mm. so that if somebody, if somebody calls me and, you know, I'll, I'll get to my calendar first, that's kind of the principle, get to my daily schedule and get to my calendar first so that I block out two to five afternoon. I block out uh, one day a week as full focus time. And so if someone calls and says, Hey, can you meet? Can I call? Can we get to get, I already have that time scheduled. I put it in, you know, it's, it may just be me and God, or it may just be me and the computer, but it's scheduled because I do the, I schedule the important tasks, the blocks of time for wife, for God, for certain writing tasks, I schedule those first. And then the rest of it has to fit in the other times. Do you ever compromise your time? Oh, sure. Sure I do. Yeah. I mean, sometimes you got to put the fire out, right? So yeah, you, and you know what, here's something I never have gotten good at. 50, 50 books published and I'm still always surprised when the galleys come. I mean, the editor may have told me, you know, galleys are coming second week of April. Yeah, I, I've never learned to schedule the time to review galleys or edits. That's <laughs> that's just that's one of my so those that's a fire. I've got to. Oh yeah, the galleys. I forgot about the galleys. So I got to put that fire out. So yeah, I do. I, it's, it's flexible. It's, it's a, it's a tool. I'm not the victim of it. It's, it's oh, my servant. I'm not its servant. Right. That, oh, and that's, that is so important, Bob, because I think as writers, we can beat ourselves up when 
someone says, in order to be a successful writer, you must this, 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 and you must this, this, this. And okay, well, your first number one thing where you said that you got to figure out your personal rhythm and your personality, well, that just kind of blew that right out of the water because what works for others doesn't always work for us. And to allow that little bit of grace for flex time or for putting out fires. And it sounds to me like that's accomplished easily. I won't say it's easy, but it's accomplished easily with how you slate and schedule your time because you've built in some of that. And right. it's, it's like you said, you may not fill in a particular block, but you know that you've gone in and you've set it aside where if something comes up, oh, okay, it can fit in there. I can work it there. And because you also look at what is coming up the beginning of the week and then every single morning, that refresher, it's right there in your face. You know what you've got. You've moved it over if you need to move it over and you're not held in the lurch of forgetfulness or that dreaded procrastination. So that's huge. Yeah. And, you know, that that daily schedule that I make for myself, you know, as a as much of my adult life, I've been a, a, a full time freelance writer. So my schedule is my own. You know, I can I, I could goof around for eight hours if I wanted to. But but having that in front of me helps me. Uh, one of the one of the skills I've learned, you know, part of this is just a function of being old. I'm pretty old, you know, so I've learned a thing or two over the years. Right. So, but one of the things I've learned is, is I know myself well enough to know Mm. that I, I do the easy tasks first. So if it's just something that's going to take 10 minutes or if it's something I really, this is going to be fine. I do those things first thing in the morning and last thing in the day just as I'm clearing my desk. Oh, by the way, clearing my desk. That bring up file also allows me to start each morning with a clear desk. Mm. So there is nothing on my desk because at the end of the day, oh, see these pieces of paper I didn't get to today. Well, those can go into the file folder for tomorrow or next week, right? And that way my desk is clear. So, So, but I've learned, First thing in the morning, I want to do a few quick, easy things. So I get to check off some things, you know, in the calendar. And last thing, as I'm clearing my desk, another easy thing or two. Um, and, and that has to do with knowing who I am, what my personal rhythms are. That's just a skill I've developed over the years. And I've also learned, and my guess is that most of us as writers, we need marginal moments too. So I can't, it's, it's difficult for me at two o'clock. Oh, time to start writing. So here I go. Right. If I've just been on a phone call, I can't quite do that. I've got to, I need some time to stare at the wall, you know, to, to mm-hmm. twiddle my thumbs, to think through an outline to maybe, so there's marginal times when, um, when I can't schedule myself back to back to back to back, 
Yes. If I'm going to be productive in my optimal writing hours, in my case, two to five or so, then I can't schedule something for 1.30 or 1.45. I need time to catch a breath, right? Pour a cup of coffee or, or grab a bowl of blueberries, you know, just to, right. Right. Just to ease that, into that task. And that's so important. I mean, our rest. Oh my goodness. If we don't have that margin, if we don't have times of resting, then we're running on empty. And how can we be productive? if we're running right. on empty. So I think that's a beautiful concept. Everyone make sure you have those marginal times and have yeah. the ability to step back and breathe. I read right, a now, phrase. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Let me just say this yes. last little bit. Good, I read good. a phrase, uh, the, the Quaker poet, John Greenleaf Whittier. Um, I read a poem of his just recent, well, six months ago, maybe. And there was a phrase that just jumped out at me. Uh, by the way, if your listeners aren't reading poetry, let me recommend it. Uh, I just did a blog post on the Steve Lobby uh, agency uh, thing on, I can't sell it, but I recommend it, right? I read um, it. I read it. Okay. So good. Good for you. Good for you. So, but this, he used a phrase in a poem. I think the poem was called Remembrance. And uh, the phrase was the calm beauty of an ordered life. And I thought, wow, that's what I've been pursuing all these years. I want, I crave, I aspire to the calm beauty of an ordered life. I think that's what Jesus, what the gospels show us about Amen. Jesus. You know, uh, he had the calm beauty of an ordered life. He, that's, that's why he didn't have to race to get to Lazarus's funeral, right? Mm. He mm. His life exhibited the calm beauty of an ordered life. And I want that. So that's why I organize. That's why I plan. So good. So good. As I was going to say, I know that you ask yourself three planning questions at the start of every week. And I'm just going to have to say, folks, I think it's working for him because he sounds like he's getting stuff done in an orderly way and seems pretty calm to me too. So I'm going to see if I can coax you on this, Bob. Would you share with us what those three planning questions are? Sunday night, every Sunday evening as part of my, I, my, my, uh, again, part of being, of knowing who I am and what my personal rhythms are, my prayer times are morning and evening. And so in, as part of my evening prayer time, I pray over the week to come. And as part of that planning and scheduling, I also ask myself about the, the coming week. What can I automate? What can I delegate? What can I eliminate? And so I look over the coming week and I see, oh, you know, there's some things I really don't have to do. I'm going to eliminate those things. There's other things that really, with just a, an email or a phone call, somebody else should be doing. I can ask somebody else. You know, I don't have, I have an assistant, but I don't have a staff. I don't have uh, servants waiting on me hand and foot. My wife might differ, but 
but there are people in my life that I could say, would you handle that for me? And they could, they would jump to it. And then what can I automate? Because I am a, a firm believer in systems. So by automating, I do mean things like putting a reminder in my phone or, um, you know, putting it in a, uh, a program of some kind. Bill pay is a great automation, you know, um, but I also part of automation for me is also um, those stacking uh, the author of the book, Atomic Habits, uh, calls mm. it stacking habits. Right. So let's see. I already I already take my blood pressure every morning and I do my Duolingo Spanish lesson as I'm doing that. Oh, if I want to add this other thing, I'm going to put. If I need to read this a chapter in this book, I've got a bone up on screenwriting, say, right? Oh, so I put that under the blood pressure machine. So now I've stacked, I've automated kind of by stacking that habit and creating a system where I can't take my blood pressure without being reminded, oh yeah, time for a chapter in that book, right? So um, so yeah, so systems are, are a big deal for me. So um, automate, what can I automate? What can I delegate? What can I eliminate? And that very often clears some space in my schedule this coming week for the things that really matter, for the mm. writing I have to get done, for the deadlines I have to meet. And also for the time with your family and the time with your bride and your specifically the time with God. Because if we get those out of order, it, it it doesn't work. Right. It just doesn't and, work for us. Yeah. And you know, that was that was a revolutionary moment in my life when I realized, okay, for, for my prayer life. I for the longest time thought I had to and prayer is so important for the writing life. I can't even begin to stress enough how important it is for writers to be prayed up. Um but there, I, I realized, I, you know, I used to try to pray like uh, praying Hyde, you know, the, the British uh, pastor who prayed four hours from 4 a.m. to 8 a.m. every day or, you know, and those kinds of stories, biographies were inspiring to me. But I'm not that guy. Right. I need my 16 hours of sleep a night. So my first few prayer retreats to the Abbey of Gethsemane, south of Louisville, Kentucky, I watched mm -hmm. in admiration as the monks defined the rhythms of their day around their prayer times. So the prayers came first, and then what they could do between the prayers was their labor, right? And actually, they consider prayer their first job. And so I thought, huh, I wonder if if they can pray seven times a day, even at 3.30 a.m., that's not me. But if they can do seven times, I wonder what my rhythms are. And so I came home, and part of my, my desire was to figure out, okay, what will keep me in God's presence throughout the day? How can I pursue unceasing prayer, as First Thessalonians urges on us? How can I pursue that? with everything else I have going on. And I learned, oh, number one is figuring out who I am and what my rhythms are, 
right? And then deciding according to those rhythms that the moments with God would take priority and the rest then falls into place. Mm -hmm. Right. And it does, it really does. But I had to figure out, yeah, this works for me. If I pray first thing in the morning, if I pray right before bedtime, I'm never more than a few hours out of, well, actually I'm always in God's presence. Right. So, Mm. so anyway, that's, I think that's super, super critical for, I can tell the difference in my writing when I've prayed over it as opposed to when I've neglected prayer. Amen. Amen. Me too. For certain, for certain. Well, you have given us amazing input, insight, instruction, techniques. There's so much that we've walked away with already. Do you have a final thought that you'd like to leave? And mind you, our listeners, we have aspiring writers, those just starting on their journey, but we also have some best-selling authors who like to step in and, and discover a little something, something that maybe they need a refresher on. Do you have a thought that you would like to leave with our listeners before we head out? Yeah, you know, I think it, it, it goes back to knowing yourself, but my main challenge would be uh, regardless of where you are in your in your writing for publication journey, um, knowing yourself and and I think the bane one of the many banes of a writer's existence is comparison and and we will shoot ourselves in the foot if we try to be Bob Hostetler if we try to be why would you do that to begin with but if we try to be Linda you know if we try to be Max Lucado or this, that if you're, if you can find a place of comfort and acceptance of yourself and where God has you at this moment with your rhythms, with your quirks, all of that stuff, rather than comparing yourself to this, trying to be like this writer or so on. And, you know, even these suggestions, tips, techniques, et cetera, that I've talked about today, throw out half of them. They don't work for you. but uh, they're not they're not um, worth agonizing over, but there may be something in them that will make you more you. And those are the tips you want to hold on to. Those are the rhythms, the techniques that will really help you. Amen. So good. Yes. And you may be wondering, folks, I how can I spend more time with Bob. Where can I find Bob? Well, I will tell you, he's a lot easier to find than where's Waldo. So with Bob, all you have to do is get to one of the conferences that he's going to be at. You get to sit under his tutelage, be able to, you know, just kind of pick his brain. And what's amazing about Bob Hostetler is he is very gracious and he loves to equip. He loves to encourage. He loves to, well, he's a truth talker. I'll tell you that right off the bat. So if you ever come and say, what do you think, Bob? Just be ready because he's going to tell you what he thinks. But he is at numerous writers conferences throughout the year. We have a list of the conferences 
that will be coming up for him. We also have links, so many links to where you can experience Bob Hostetler and just kind of, yeah, I don't know, twiddle your thumbs with him a little bit. I think that would be a fun thing to do too. Yeah, he's kind of a kind of a good guy here. We are so excited that he was able to take some time and spend it here with us. So, Bob Hostetler, you are a joy. Thank you so much for being here with us on Your Best Writing Life. Right back at you, Linda. Thank you. But I, I was only able to be with you because it was on my calendar. Well, there it is. And he showed up on time, ahead of time, and with everything in time. Beautiful, beautiful. And thank you, friends, for joining us. Please take a moment, if you would, and share this podcast with another writer or two. Give us a star rating and post an episode review. This would be a good one to review. I'd love to be able to see what you think out there. Read it because, you know, what what you have to say about your best writing life is extremely important. It helps us in the rankings. It allows other people who are seeking Christian input in their writing to be able to find it. So I appreciate you taking the time. But I will tell you what I appreciate even more is the time that you take to write what you write for Father and His Kingdom. It's so important, so important. And to be able to, yeah, rest in Him in all that you do. Yeah. I do appreciate all of you. This is Linda Goldfarb, and I look forward to being here with you next time on Your Best Writing Life.